Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this week. It's happy 4th of July week. This is our 4th of July episode. And I have a special one planned for you. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And my surprise came in a big package this time, and the package's name is Brandon Beecham. Some of you may have heard Brandon uh, a couple of weeks ago. He, I was on his show, and we had so much fun that I said, hey, I got I to gotta come up with something for my 4th of July show since it's on a Thursday and we record on Thursday nights. I'm not going to be able to do it live. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to have Brandon on the show? And you guys are going to love, love, love Brandon. He is interesting. He's uh, brilliant. He's a forward thinker. And he's just downright fun. So you are in for such a treat. Let me get some introduction done here, and then we'll get right to talking with Brandon. Brandon Beecham is a, is a podcaster, entrepreneur, writer, musician, philosopher, and truth seeker. That's a mouthful, my man. He originally made his way to California from the East Coast when his former band received a development deal with Electra Records back in 2001. That's, that's a big deal, Brandon. I'm eager to hear about that. Brandon's been a serial entrepreneur since childhood, and in 2010, while living on a friend's couch, founded his first significantly successful company, and it was called Resort Share. In August of 2015, Resort Share excuse me, was named one of the fastest growing companies in America on the annual Inc. magazine fastest growing companies list. That's a big deal, you guys. And then recently, Brandon's been focusing on various projects such as HelloVacay.com, the Positive Head podcast, which has been consistently rated in the top five spirituality podcasts on iTunes, and on a new light, new late night style consciousness elevating talk show called Optimistic. And that show is set to launch in the summer of 2019. So Brandon, welcome, welcome. I'm so thrilled that you're on with me this week and so excited to introduce you to my gang, to my listeners. So welcome. I am excited to be introduced and I just want to start by saying the package is actually five pounds lighter than it was maybe two weeks ago because <laughs> I have lost a few pounds. Um, on in purpose? An effort prepare, yeah, on purpose. In an effort to prepare for being you know, on video, um, as you know, uh, it's really great to hide behind the microphone on podcasts, but with Optimistic, as you just mentioned, 
uh, I will be stepping out from behind the microphone and being on video. And I'm like, okay, this is coming up in another month or so. Um, maybe I should just get, you know, I could stand to lose 10 pounds maybe and get in my best shape possible. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, a mid uh, package alteration <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> and, you know, it's so refreshing to hear that from a guy because that's such a girl thing. Oh, I'm going to be on TV and I need to be, you know, I need <laughs> right. to be 10 or 15 or 50 pounds skinnier because, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds to you no matter what. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that's about what that. They say. I don't know if that's I need true. To that's what they say. I don't know about that. Well, welcome. I'm delighted. Thanks that you for could, reminding me, Julie. You could join us this week. All right. So, Brandon, you're a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur and truth seeker. Mm-hmm. Do you I think you were born that. this way or did you develop I, these I, skills as you just have been living your life? Do you think we come in with some DNA thing as entrepreneurs? I'm an entrepreneur, too. Um, do you think we come in like this or do we develop it? Is it nature versus nurture? What do you think about that? Great, great question. Uh, so what I think is, you know, I'll kind of compare it to playing a sport. Like any of us can shoot a basket and, and probably if we take enough shots, we'll make a basket eventually, right? Um, not all of us were born to be Kobe Bryant, perhaps, um, you know, or a great basketball star. So I think that's the case with all, you know, whether it's music, whether it's entrepreneurial, you know, ventures, you know, some, some people are born with certain things that are really just, you know, intrinsically encoded in their DNA. And, and then you have, you know, the things that we sort of work for and earn. And, and I, you, we, you and I even discussed this a little bit with a lot of your gifts, um, when you were on positive, the positive head podcast as a guest a few weeks back. And so I think there's a, you know, in, in throughout our lives, I would say there's things that we, um, you know, we all sort of figure this out. Okay. This is something that I want and I'm going to go for, and I'm going to work for. And this, and then there's those things that are really just sort of encoded in a part of our makeup from, from the get go. And certainly for me, entrepreneurial, you know, pursuits started when I was maybe, I don't know, 11, 10, something like that, and started selling candy at school. Uh, well, there was one, one kid who started selling candy before me, and he didn't do it very effectively, and, but it gave, gave me the idea. And then I was like, okay, I can take this idea and make it better. I started selling. Then it became like a, a thing. And uh, others started copying. Next thing you know, there's a new rule in school that you can't sell candy. So, um, you know, it just kind of continued from there. I've had, you know, I've been a serial entrepreneur ever since. And I've worked for others a few times throughout my, you know, professional life, if you will. And, um, but it's, I've always come back to, okay, how do I sort of, oh, okay, I learned something here working for this other person. Resort Show is a great example, you know. Um, I was three, three months or three weeks working at, the biggest um, timeshare developer, uh, Wyndham is the name of them. And I basically saw what was being done. I learned, I was learning that, but I was at a time where I needed to find something else. My most recent entrepreneurial venture had failed or, you know, been put on ice at that time. And I was like, okay, I need to make money. Uh, I, get, I need to look at working for someone else. And I went and I worked for this big developer and just, you know, learning that, learning something about that business I knew nothing about. And I instantly started spotting the holes in it and sort of what these people were doing, making a lot of money, half a million dollars a year, some of these salespeople uh, deceiving people. And I said, hmm, well, what if someone could actually deliver on these deceptions? And, 
you know, and then I set out to see if it could be done. And, you know, after three weeks there, um, you know, they told me I wasn't good enough. I needed to go back into training. And I said, no, it's okay. I think I've learned what I need to here. And I set out to create resort chair and, you know, the rest was kind of history from there. So, um, so yes, that's my long winded answer to, I, I think for me, it was something that I came in with. Well, I think we entrepreneurs have the, I can't help it. <laughs> I think it's hard right. to, Put us, I know for me, I worked for a company right out of college. Certainly, I had jobs when I was in college because I put myself through school. At some, at some points when I was in college, I worked three jobs to put myself wow. through school in the summers. I worked a, a eight to five job, and then I had two part-time jobs and a, and a weekend job that I, I juggled those other two part-time jobs to pay for my education. Easier said than done back when I was in school. Now, the tuition is just so expensive that... I think it's really hard to make that happen. But right. but I think it's hard for those of us. I started my first company at 25 and I think it's hard for us to be in the box that companies put us in because our brains don't work that way. We right. see how can this be done better? And what I find, I love reading biographies on entrepreneurs and I love talking with entrepreneurs because what I find is that a lot of the really successful ones are people who have seen an idea and then they've refined it and they've made it better. So it's almost like they've let somebody else start blazing the trail and then they've yeah. come in while that tr people are already on that trail and they've made it, made it better. Certainly that's what I've done with my medical device inventions. We weren't right. the first ones there, but we saw what was wrong with the ones that were on the market, we were able to break their patents, design a better product, and then do, you know, do a better job of marketing it and distributing it and licensing it to bigger global companies and things like that. So I don't know. Wow. I think I think school's out with the nature versus nurture. I think we probably come in with some of it and then as we live our lives, we're nurtured by others and also by our own experiences sure. as we go through life. But but I'm really interested in your musical talents in your career. I didn't know that about you. And yeah, that goes so, back away. That yeah, goes back away. I want to hear about that and I want to hear if you think if it had an effect um, if, the, if that phase of your life had an effect on leading you to where you are now and what effect that was and how did that transpire? Yeah, it, it most definitely did. So as I sort of, um, you know, started coming into my, my early, you know, as I, I think of it as, you know, and, and you would probably speak to this when you get up to around 21 ish, something like that, I feel like, okay, you're, you know, um, the pause button is off. You now are, are picking back up where you left off in your, in your last lives, right. In your last lifetime, your last past life, perhaps where, you know, now it's like, what is your real mission here to do? A lot of that stuff can start coming on online. You know, the first 20 or so years, you're just a kid, like, you know, getting to adulthood. And so for me, when that, you know, around that age, I started um, really tapping into this idea, you know, that I am one with the source that creates and animates all things, whatever you're going to call it, God, higher self, the universe, any, whatever you're going to call it. So I got very excited about 
that topic, which of course is what I talk about on po- the Positive Head podcast five days a week and, you know, forthcoming show Optimistic. That is my big passion is my biggest passion in life is to help raise consciousness and elevate elevate consciousness, shift perspectives so that uh, it empowers people to, you know, I always say with some of these ideas that look, this this sort of premise that we are fractals of the one source consciousness consciousness that creates and animates all things. All is literally one. Separation is an illusion. You start playing with some of those concepts. And I believe the, um, you know, the results speak for themselves. And so that's sort of what I help people to do uh, on positive head, starting with myself. I always say we teach best what we most need to learn. Right. And so um, so I started tapping in around 21, you know, opening up to I met someone actually with psychic ability. And it was like kind of threw me because I was raised, you know, very conservative Christian perspective. And all of a sudden I'm being exposed to this gift. And I'm like, hold on, what, what's going on here? Then I started reading metaphysical books and things. And all of a sudden I was just like on fire for this information. And I'm like, I can see how the dots are connected in a way that is super empowering to me. And I'm like looking around me and this is, you know, going back, you know, a little over 20 years ago now. And uh, I'm like, you know, People are like, okay, Brandon, what is this you're talking about incessantly now? Uh, you think you're God? <laughs> no, I think you are too, you know? We all are. And, and, and it was like either people thought you're crazy or, you know, that's really interesting and they go back to their normal, you know, perspective, whatever that may be. And so for me, it just became such a fire and passion to to learn more, to talk about it, to, you know, uh, share the perspectives with others. So my first a sort of uh, stab at finding a platform to do that was music. I was like, okay, as I started to have my own sort of uh, awakening experience, uh, re-membering experience, uh, I thought to myself, okay, if I'm one with the source that creates and animates all things and I can create anything, what would I want to do most? Oh, I am super passionate about music. Let's form a band. So me and my brother and close friends, um, you know, got together and we started making music. And it was such a great time. Uh, at that moment, I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. I think we have that that town in common. Um, right. Yeah, I was going to college there at the time. And um, so we started uh, a band called Kundalini at the time. Um, <laughs> and people are like, what is that word? You know, this is this really cool Sanskrit word I'd read about in my new, you know, understandings or, or explorations of the ultimate nature of reality. And, uh, you know, for those who don't, I'm sure many of you have heard Kundalini, you know, there's a yoga and it's supposedly an, a dormant energy source at the base of your spine that if you raise it through, you know, meditation or what have you, whatever can trigger your Kundalini awakening. It's sex, so. isn't it? You know, I always think of Sting with sex. Doesn't he do like Kundalini sex or something? Uh, well, there is a sexual element because it's like the energy of creation. So if the caduceus, which is the medical symbol, is based off of kundalini, which is, you know, think of the medical symbol. It's like a staff with two snakes going up and then right. wings at the top. Right. So supposedly that's like the spine is the staff. The, the kundalini is always represented by snakes, snake energy, oh. right? Serpent oh. energy. And then the wings at the top. So if, if you raise your kundalini from the base of your spine to the top of your head, it creates, it's like creative enlightenment. And I have, I have actually many friends who've had, you know, and you could read about these kundalini, like spontaneous kundalini, you know, activations, and they can be super intense. I have mm-hmm. a, I have a good friend um, who's in the last year it's happened to her. And she's like, it's not, all peaches and roses and like energy running up and down your spine, like intensely and, you know, opens up, you know, 
your third eye and sometimes in a way that's almost like uncontrollable for some people. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it can be super, super intense. So anyway, I just thought it was a really cool meaning and word at the time. Uh, I had had no Kundalini awakening experience per se, but um, anyway, so I started Kundalini and that was really my first stint at okay, what's a platform that I can start getting this message out tied to something super creative? I am the creator and created rolled into one. I want to create. And so we started making music. And, you know, at the time, um, it was, uh, there wasn't a lot of people sort of lyrically talking about the things that we were talking about. And it's funny for me now because I'm really involved and tied into the transformate what's called the transformational festival community is how I refer to it. Uh, kind of like the Bernie man community. Um, you know, a lot of people go to these music and art events that, uh, there's a lot of spiritual energy. A lot of people who, you know, doing, doing yoga, doing workshops and psychic ability, you know, metaphysical exploration, a lot of live music performances that are very inspired and sort of have a spirit, spiritual centric, you know, uh, chord of some sort, uh, flowing through them. And, you know, that's gotten really trendy and popular now out here on the West coast in California, where I'm at, there's a lot of these events and, you know, um, and I go to these events now and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, I see all the stages and the backdrops and, you know, stuff that we were doing 15 years ago in my band is now, you know, we were putting up like Alex Gray visionary artwork behind us and, you know, uh, talking a lot about spiritual sort of concepts in, in the lyrics of the songs. And and people were like, didn't really get it, you know, and now I'm at these festivals where there's 20 year olds who like spirituality is like the coolest thing. And the stage sets look like what we were doing 15 to 20 years ago, except way more elaborate and cool, you know. So I feel like we were a little ahead of our time with that one. But um, it was what it, exactly what it was meant to be. And, and, and so I, I, that was definitely my first iteration. You know, we, we ended up uh, our bass player's brother at the time was in, um, at one point was uh, in No Doubt, which was a pretty popular band. Uh, you may have heard of Gwen Stefani is, you know, mm-hmm. pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Listening, I'm sure, no doubt. And so, you know, we got to play with some big bands and probably my highlight was him coming up after a show saying how much my performance like kind of blew him away. And it had the biggest song on the FM dial worldwide, like a year or so before. So that was my highlight moment, probably. Um, but, uh, you know, that we, we disbanded in 2004. And, um, you know, started my, uh, the positive head podcast in 2015, uh, which was really my next, um, sort of stepping out to find a, a, a new platform to share this message that I'm so passionate about sharing. And, um, so it definitely was the precursor, the music stuff to, to everything that I'm doing now. Well, and it sounds like it could have been the catalyst to get you to the West Coast too. Absolutely. And and where you needed to be, which was in LA. And, you know, a lot of people say that California is the land of fruits and nuts, but that's where a lot of the spirituality stuff is based in the US, at least. There's a there's I think uh an inordinate amount of it. And I, and I think it's interesting on the whole West coast and the East coast too, but really even more so on the West coast where, where all of that entrepreneurial spirit is. And that's where I lived when I started my first company and actually most of my companies, I think all of my companies, except for one, uh, eight out of nine companies were all founded in Los Angeles. And I think that it's because of the energy in the in those areas of the world that yeah. that the native 
the indigenous people will find areas where there's an energy vortex, if you will. And, the, you know, you look at the companies that are on the West Coast from Washington all the way down to San Diego, the all of Silicon Valley, Microsoft, Nike, a lot of medical stuff, a lot of defense industry stuff. I mean, the whole entertainment industry, those are all entrepreneurial ventures that turned into big industries. And it's interesting to me that they're all on the West Coast. And there's a vibe there that I feel, maybe because I'm an entrepreneur, but I feel that entrepreneurial mindset there in the business community. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I, I absolutely would. And one thing that you brought up that I just would like to speak to, um, I 100% agree with that. Um, and one of the things that I, I just thought of was, so around this time, this is going back, you know, 20-ish years ago, a little more than 20 years ago, uh, I was having my own sort of awakening. And I remember I was in, you know, I lived in Nashville at the time, but I had a girlfriend who lived in Atlanta at the time. And I remember being down there and uh, for a visit and we were just walking through a lo- like an open mall thing and there's a psychic setup a booth you know and I'd never done anything like that so I'm like oh let's stop here and so it was my first little reading that I ever had and the woman said you know she said I see you in a cold place like Chicago working in business now at the time I was a senior in college I was planning to move to Chicago after college and work for my uncle in business. And so my jaw hit the floor, like this woman, you know, just called it out complete. We're in Atlanta, Georgia, right? And then she's like, but there's this whole other path in music and California and, you know, and, you know, at the time, and then she, you know, she asked me about music and I'm like, well, you know, I I love music, but I've never made it or, you know, I'm big, big music listener and fan. And she's like, yeah, so there's this whole other path for you there. And so, you know, fast forward a year later, uh, I start really my, my, you know, awakening really starts kicking into high gear. I'm, you know, uh, meet someone from California. I'm, you know, experimenting with some, some, some magic mushrooms. I remember one night and really tapping in and, you know, that tool for me at the time, it was, it was a great catalyst and tool and, uh, just sort of saying, oh my gosh, I can do anything. What would it be? I, I want to make music. Let's do it. You know? And we, I formed a band that, that night with a few people that were, were having this experience with me. And so, you know, it was, uh, I looked back on that later and then I met someone from California who had just moved to Nashville and they're like, oh, your music needs to be out there. And he knew some big bands that were kind of happening at the time. And so we ended up coming to visit and, you know, one thing led to another. So I look back at that now and it's sort of like the way I view how reality works. I, you know, I, I believe there's multiple timelines and I'm sure you have your own uh, way of sort of breaking this down. But for me, I, I like to say our life plays out at the corner of free will and destiny. And it's destined because uh, it's all already happened. Time is an illusion. It's all happening in the eternal. Now my fifth birthday part party is happening on another channel. I'm just not tuned into that right now. Right. Just like if you're watching channel 10, channel 13 is still happening. You're just not perceiving it. And so, you know, I believe it's all your life plays out of the corner of free will and destiny. It's all destined because it's all already happened in the eternal now that is. And uh, you have free will because there's infinite timeline, many timelines, potentialities. There's the version of Brandon that opted to go to Chicago and work in business. So when this person was perceiving it 
you know, I always kind of scoff when people say, oh, I don't believe in psychic phenomenon. Otherwise, you know, tell me what number I'm thinking. Otherwise, it doesn't believe, doesn't exist. You know, it's like it's not this exact science. There's all these very I mean, you could speak to this better than me. There's all these variables and timeline and potentialities based off of the free will of the of the soul. So right. I believe who has a psychic ability is, and we all do to varying degrees, just like we can all shoot a basket. Some people maybe are born to be Kobe Bryant and others aren't. Um, but uh, it certainly is a, as you can attest to as a skill that can be learned and um, developed further. If you set your intention as a creator to call that energy into your field and your life and your experience. And so, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting when you start thinking, okay, from this moment forward, hearing my words, there's all these versions of you, right? Well, which one do you choose? Which one do you want? You want to experience the greatest and grandest version, right? The one that's the most rewarding. Well, the good news is no matter how improbable that is, like, you know, creating an Inc. fastest growing private company, achieving what one in 10,000 entrepreneurs ever do is like, it's when you start understanding statistics don't matter because you are in your own private YO universe and you are choosing timelines to step into no matter how, the, the greatest and greatest version of yourself may be statistically highly improbable. But if you can think of it, source has been there, done that and gotten the t-shirt and you can play it out by being it to see it. You, you call in the vibration of it prior to the experience. And, you know, most people are have it backwards. They're doing something like work in order to have something like money in order to be something like happy, but you actually be something like happy and you find yourself doing and having the reflection of those things. So that really becomes the game. You know, I think the great, the next great manifestation or the, the next great art form on our planet is the art of manifestation, learning how to create these epic, most epic timelines of ourselves and, and stepping into them vibrationally. And um, so, yeah, that sort of was really looking back on that, that really played a key role in helping to develop my own personal perspective as to how we sift, you know, potential versions of ourselves, right? I agree. And I use the example of being on the, we're all on the yellow brick road, and we're all wearing ruby slippers or ruby shoes. And <laughs> the yellow that. brick road only goes one direction. And it goes towards the Emerald City, which is Oz, which is a, mm -hmm. you know, is a, just a, an analogy for heaven and our spirit's path. And we may step on a brick that lands us in a field of blooming poppies and it's very pleasant. Or we may step on a brick that lands us in a castle with a bunch of flying monkeys chasing us. And it's not so pleasant because it's scary, but it's all an experience on our path and it's all leading us to the Emerald City. And so right. I see you coming to LA with your music career and Certainly, it's a big deal to have a development deal with a big record company like that. That's a back huge, huge name. Too. What's that? Back in those days, you know, you didn't have the internet and a way or a way to sort of, you know, get out there without these big uh, distribution channels. Right. So it was a lot bigger then than it is now, I would say. Yeah. And that's a one in a million opportunity as well, because think about all of the different talents that a record company sees and and the fact that you were chosen i think was all part of the synchronicity of where your path was leading you to get you to the west coast and all of that which leads to my next question and that is you had said that you come from a, a fairly conservative family and i know 
on the East Coast. So were you, how do your parents and your family members, how were they at that point when you wanted to come to LA and pursue a music career? Were they encouraging? Were they, did they think you were nuts? Though you, you mentioned that as you were starting to talk about what I consider woo-woo things, you know, spiritual things, did they look at you like, oh my God, is this guy just using serious hallucinogenic drugs or, or what's going on? And, <laughs> right. and how, how did you deal with that? How did, you, how did you maneuver around that? How did it influence or did it influence any of your decisions? Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So, if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. Yeah, I, it, I, I've always been fiercely independent. So... You know, my parents have told me, you know, yeah, Brandon, from the time you came out, you were like, you you know, you came out like fiery. You know, my grandfather, she said, I don't remember this, but used to always call me bull of the woods. I guess that's an old saying for, you know, <laughs> someone who's got a lot of uh, of uh, some, you know, energy, I suppose, or women bigger you know, those, they used to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um so yeah, I, I always was very, you know, I'm a middle child, but I was definitely the most, um, you know, my sister is a, I don't know if you follow astrology or subscribe to it very closely or not, but my sister is a Pisces and my brother a Cancer, a very sensitive and I'm a Leo. And so I definitely was always the most fiery and sort of the most dominant child, I guess, in some regards and, and uh, have always been fiercely independent. So I think they were a little bit throne because it was not something they had ever entertained and they were very deeply entrenched in this sort of traditional ultra conservative you know helen brimstone sort of perspective on you know who we are and what's going on and god loves you but you know if you you know the the, the number one verse you know uh, love me he says to love me and keep my commandments and okay well if i'm not forced if you know what kind of love forces you to either love me or else I'm going to torture you forever. You know, it doesn't quite, it didn't quite add up to me. Uh, it started to add up less and less as I started getting exposed to this, some of these other things. Of course, I never really held back on my thoughts or perspectives as they developed. So my parents had to learn ultimately, like the, the great thing about them is they're, they, they do have unconditional love for me, you know? And, and so it was, you know, a lot of like, they didn't want to see me move to California where all the crazy people are probably, you know, I'm from Virginia originally. Um, and, uh, what did you say? All the fruits and nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was definitely what was sort of ingrained, you know? And, um, and so, you know, they did not love it, uh, but they learned very quickly, you know, there's no sense in, trying to control me to either, you know, I was beyond, 
I was out of the house at that point. There was nothing right. that could be done. I'm not right. really one who's good, who's that easily uh, controlled or influenced. You know, I've always kind of went my own way, and so they just yeah. had to sort of cope and deal with it. And you know, and then I had a a child a few years later, um, unplanned, and uh, that was you know that was challenging for them too, and and of course challenging for me. And now it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But at the time, you know, that was another. You know, during those years, I definitely was throwing a lot of wrenches, you know, into their vision of what I would probably end right. up like. Right. And that's the bottom line is, is what our family's vision for what we're supposed to be isn't right. necessarily the same thing as what our vision for ourselves ends up being. And I, and I right. think it takes courage to be able to forge your own path and to decide, yeah, that's really not for me, but I'm going to do this instead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even when people think you're nuts and they say, well, that you won't be able to make that work and all in all, in all that motivated me. I was like, okay, watch me. <laughs> and, and so I, it, it worked for me. I think other people probably aren't as, as uh, motivated by, by somebody telling you that you can't do it, but I right. certainly was. And, and now, now not so much at this age, cause I've just done so much and, and have seen so many miracles unfold in my own life of things that I, after it happened, I thought, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I really made that happen. <laughs> cause yeah. you know, I have all these, one example, I have all these patents and trademarks and stuff and I'm not an engineer. I have a degree in communications. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know what a You're Delta right. P is, but I know how to hire good <laughs> engineers that do. And, so, exactly. you know, if somebody would have told me when I was growing up or in college that I'd be an inventor of surgical devices, I would say, yeah, okay, go have another glass of wine or something. Exactly. You know, there's no way. But I think to your point, we can do whatever we want. So, well, we do this show, everybody, every Thursday night. We record it every Thursday night at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. You can find this information a bunch of different places on my website, AskJulieRyan.com. You can also follow me on social media at AskJulieRyan on Instagram, AskJulieRyan on Facebook, AskJulieRyan on YouTube, and AskJulieRyan on Alexa. If you want to hear this show and you have Alexa, you can just say, Alexa, play Ask Julie Ryan podcast, and and Alexa will play it for you. Also, on my site, you'll be able to sign up for my blog, and that's a weekly question that somebody has submitted, and I answer it, and I send it out, and uh, it's usually really fun, whatever the question is, and usually interesting, and then I also put in there a reminder to call into the show. And then while you're on my website to sign up for a private appointment, they last an hour and then I get you all to myself, which is a blast. And we can talk about whatever you want. I can scan you medically. I can scan your pets. We can talk about past life stuff. We can talk to deceased loved ones. We can do spirit guide stuff. I can tell how close to death somebody is, uh, whatever. And it makes it really fun. And we can spend the hour however you want with any or all, a combination of all of my buffet of psychicness, as I say. One other thing I wanted to mention, I am getting ready to start my third angelic attendant training. It starts, the first class is July 13th. I have a couple of spots left. 
So go on my site and check that out. And what that is, is teaching people how to do the things that I do, the woo-woo things that I do, and also how to raise their vibrational level to the level of spirit. And then they can take it in any direction that they want. And one of the people that took my first class in the beginning of the year said, and this is a quote, she said, taking the angelic attendant training with Julie was the best gift I've given myself on my spiritual journey. Her guidance, knowledge, and gentle spirit were everything I needed to unlock the next level in connecting with my spirit guides and a deeper understanding of the energy that we are all so divinely connected to. It's life-changing knowing that we all have the ability to connect to each other energetically and help each other heal and overcome. And that's from Angie Irway in Cooperstown, New York. So that'll give you an idea. The one thing that I hear consistently from all of the graduates of the Angelic Attendant Training is that they are now able to do things that were unfathomable to them beforehand, like what we were just talking about, Brandon, that, you know, that (laughs) I'm an inventor of surgical devices. Where'd that come from? I mean, that was unfathomable to me before. Um, People are able to connect with spirit alive and deceased. They're able to do healings. They're able to find a sense of purpose in their life. Some of them are finding their, what they call their soulmates. Some of them are, are saying to me, every one of them has said to me that they are living a life of joy now that they didn't even think was possible. They said it, it's just unimaginable. Their lives are un, unfolding in magical ways, every one of them. So I encourage you, if you're interested in that, go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, and check out the Angelic Attendant Training. So, all right, Brennan, back to you. Yes. So my, my next question deals with... I know that you've been very successful in the vacation industry. And was there a time when you knew that this was not where you were going to be fulfilled and was, did you have an aha moment or an epiphany where you said, okay, I need to branch out into something in a different area and it needs to be spiritual. And if you did, what was the catalyst to get you to move in that direction? Hmm. You know, I had, um, so resort share, as we referenced started uh, 2010 um, and around 2014, 15, right around there, I had some new business partners or a new business partner came in that really opened the door for me to potentially stop working day to day at the company I'd created, right? Uh, I'd founded. And so uh, I took that opportunity. I had been, you know, I think my friends and family, you know, and everyone around me ears were just bleeding from all me always wanting to talk about this spiritual stuff. <laughs> and so I felt like it was the right thing to do to look at um, finding an outlet and finding a way to, um, you know, I, I hadn't really ever thought that much about podcasting. And just, I think one night it kind of came to me like, oh, that would be, you know, my, my friend was staying with me at the time is an audio um, engineer and, you know, has a lot of experience with that. Actually an old bandmate and um, really good with the audio aspect. I was like, look, why don't we, you know, why don't we start a podcast? You could be my co-host and, you know, you can edit and put them out. And um, so we started that way. And he was with me for the first maybe year, a little less mm-hmm. until, you know, then switched to being me. 
Um, but um, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it, there was an opportunity that opened up for me to not, you know, the, where the company didn't need my, my day-to-day energy um, to continue forward. And then that sort of, we, we, we hit a, it, it was a pretty wild uh, ride for me though. It, it was, you know, that person came in as someone who was going to help us go get to an exit. He had, he had had a huge company before he had taken a company from a million a year in sales to just under a billion a year in sales. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he is a big wig guy, you know, he had represented Mitt Romney to the 20, to the, to the uh, Catholic community in the 2012 election, you know, kind of, um, the man <laughs> energy, if you will. And he, you know, he had a lot more experience than me and my, my partners, which were more like, you know, scrappy entrepreneur kind of guys who had grown something from us to, you know, hundred or so employees. And, um, so he's going to help us get to an exit. And then that, what was interesting about it, he did indeed bring in someone who was looking at buying us. And, um, then, and, this is like 2015. Um, and within 12 hours of getting an offer to be bought out for $30 million, we learned that our, the biggest timeshare development company in the world, um, did not like us playing in their sandbox. We did rental for their owners. Right. And we were doing a lot of rental through like booking.com and Priceline. And so they got together and partnered with booking and Priceline and said, basically, you know, we want you to stop doing business with these guys. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. so basically the two big behemoths got together, the two multi-billion dollar companies got together, pushed the little guy out. And so within 12 hours of getting this offer to be brought my exit, you know, everything I'd wanted to get to with it, it was, um, taken away. Mm-hmm. So oh, here's your offer to be bought out. Oh, never mind. There goes 90% of your revenue. We're not going to still buy you. Um, and when and- that happens, there's, there's one four letter word that I want you and everybody to remember when you have a situation like that. And that four letter word is next. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, next. Got- that's, yeah, that's great. I love that. I love it. The four yeah. letter word. I was waiting to see what that was going to be. I and, know. And it everybody really does. And it got a little weirder because then we found out, you know, because it was originally me and my, then my brother, I, I sparked it off, you know, then my brother came in very early and that's when it really became an official thing. And then maybe a year after that, a good friend came in as the third partner and we gave him his equity into the company. And, you mm-hmm. know, uh, then towards the end was the, the big wig guy that I talked about, the fourth right. partner to get us to right. the exit. Well, once the fourth partner came in, Three, the third and fourth became like two peas in a pod. I left to go start the podcast. So now my brother's left with him. A whole energy dynamic changed. Very not, you know, uh, I definitely see them as the villains in my story now. Um, and, and I don't say that necessarily in a bad way. I think they played the roles they were meant to play. Mm-hmm. But they definitely a lot of ego, a lot of arrogance. The reason we lost the deal was because of some arrogant things that one of them did without consulting the rest of us. Um, and... Um, and so, you know, what happened is we lost the deal and then, um, within a week or so we found out that two of them were conspiring on how to trick us out, me and my brother out of the equity that was left. Mm-hmm. Um, just by, mis- you know, we happened to, you know, they had connected their email with my brother's years right. earlier and he got onto webmail instead of his regular mail and saw all these emails that were connected and we uncovered that they were trying to steal what was left. Now we had given both of them their equity in the company to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so we, at that time, me and my brother did just that next. We said, look, we could fight. We, these guys are 
doing some really shady stuff. But at that point in time, we just wanted our energy away from them. Obviously, right. we had just hit a brick wall with you know some of the issues the company was facing, losing 90% of its revenue. And we said, you know what? You don't have to take what's left. We've uncovered what you're trying to do. You can have it. We just want to. We just want a release to get away from you. And right. uh, we did. We walked away. And that was one of the hardest decisions of my life. I mean, you know, here's something. A few months earlier, I'd been offered thirty million dollars for. You know, and we walked right. away. And we started a new travel company out of the ashes of that. And that is now there thriving. Go. There and, you go. Uh, there you go. So um, you know, well, and now well, I'm at a. I'm sorry. I was just going to add one little thing. Uh, now I'm at a point where I'm basically, you know, stepping back a little bit from that company, even though it's thriving and growing to focus more on this sort of work because it is so close to my heart and mind. Right. Well, as we're, as we're getting near the end, I got two last questions for you. And the first mm-hmm. one is when you, what do you mean when you say you help people elevate their consciousness? Do mm-hmm. Can anyone learn to do that? Do people need to be at a specific level of consciousness before they resonate with your message? What do you mean by that? Mm, Okay, so, you know, as quantum physics will support, everything is vibration, right? Mm -hmm. You and I, we're, you know, what we call matter is actually 99.999999% space. The particles we look at as solid are actually vibrations of energy popping in and out of existence. Mm -hmm. We don't know where they come from or where they go to. They're intelligent when they show up here. And it's flickering so fast, like a movie projector, right? It appears solid. But really, it's, it's, you know, it's a vibration. Everything is vibration. So um, when I talk about elevating consciousness, or more often I use even the word elevating your vibration, when you understand it's like, it's all varying degrees of the same thing too. Love, hate, hot, cold, you know. Um, But our aim, if our aim is indeed to have the most fulfilling life possible with the least amount of pain and suffering, then the game becomes, how do I elevate my vibration? So it's, 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 it's vibrating at a faster frequency, which is more congruent with um, love, the vibration of love and happiness and peace. And, you know, all of those, those things that we love and enjoy and the, the, the best parts of life, right? Now, that being said, the sweet's never quite as sweet without the sour. You've never seen a painting that didn't have shadow in it, right? A beautiful work of art that didn't have shadow. The, the art behind you right now I'm seeing, there's shadow all in that. It's beautiful. And so it's, so, you know, I think we have to be careful not to hate on the you know, the negative, right? Because it, it's, a, it's an important piece of the whole puzzle. But ultimately, we're at a point in our evolution where we're, uh, I think a lot of us have done the work, you could attest to this probably more than anyone about, you know, how many of us have been through many difficult past lives to sort of mm-hmm. pay the bill for the, um, the, the more rewarding lives that are, you know, filled with laughter and, you know, uh, abundance and 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 love and peace and a lot of harmony, and so um, that becomes a, a, a you know to to manifest that we all create our reality. We are the creator and created rolled into one. I believe so. You know what's the most important game in town? Well, elevating your vibration, making sure you're monitoring what you are emitting as a creator. What if you want to know what you'll see tomorrow in your holographic projected reality look at what you're emanating today you know what are you being it will tell you what you're being today will tell you what you're going to see tomorrow because Mm -hmm. there is a lag in this 3d reality to some degree so so that is sort of what it's all about and it's why i do the show five days a week 
um, because it's, you know, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration, as I like to say. And so this is a, a place to do that. And there's many ways that one can do that. Right. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one avenue and one place that, you know, for certain people who I think are close on the family tree with whatever vibration I represent in the world, it really resonates. And so they're attracted to tuning into that, you know, me instead of Fox News or whatever, um, you know, and, and so there's, you know, when you can start understanding, even with TV, it's like tell a vision. It's um, that's actually the name of my new production company, tell a vision studios. And it's, it's, you literally, you know, everything is, is, is vibrational in, in nature. And, and so it becomes very important once you understand that as to what you're consuming. It's why I don't watch a lot of dark things and things that I don't want to see more of, you know, if what you, where attention goes, energy flows. And um, so that's really what it's all about. And I think the body too follows from a medical standpoint or from a physical and health standpoint, certainly the body is going to follow what the brain is seeing And even when the brain doesn't believe it, even when the brain knows that it's something that's that's make believe or it's fantasy or it's whatever, certainly we've all been in scary movies or watched scary TV shows where we we know it's pretend we know it's fantasy, but our heart feels like it's going to jump out of our chest and our blood pressures up and we're scared out of our minds. And and that has an effect on the body. I, I think of I think it was yep. Tiger Woods who said, "See the ball, be the ball." <laughs> Before he yep. took a shot, and he would look out into where he was trying to aim, whether it be a green or a fairway or whatever, and he would envision how that ball was going to go, and then that would automatically translate in his body to what the what swing was that he took that would produce that kind of trajectory for the ball to land yeah. where he wanted it to land. And I've always. My grandfather thought, did the same thing as a, yeah. my grandfather was a state skeet shooting champion and he wasn't into anything woo woo, but he said he would, he would envision the clay pigeon, mm-hmm. you know, what would happen before he would actually yeah. do it. Yeah. And so I think athletes do that a lot. So uh, as we're winding down, first of all, how do people find you? Tell us about your show. Tell tell everybody what you know what they can do to find you, and how 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 and where can they find you? Sure, sure. Well, I'm uh, on all social you know social media. Not all social media. Uh, actively, I'm on Instagram and um, Facebook. You can search Brandon Beecham, and my name is spelled like the Beach and U M. Or I like to think our names are sometimes encoded with who we are, what we're meant to be. And I break my name down. It's like B-A-Chum. So I feel like I'm meant <laughs> to be a friend to the world. Um, I love that. So, yeah. And, you know, like Bernie Madoff. He made off with everyone's money. You know, you see these sometimes. Oh, you know, my Anthony, gosh. Anthony Weiner, like, you know, he gets kicked out of politics for sending like you know inappropriate pictures like it's just kind of funny uh sometimes when you see these things but um spirit what's ryan stand for <laughs> well it's my brother's name did i tell you that um you it, means little me. it means little king well okay what's a female version little queen, little queen. <laughs> yeah yep um brandon means beacon on a hill okay so i 
I, I can, I, I'm okay with that one. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so there you can find me via my name, you know, as far as the podcast, it's the positive head podcast. You can find it anywhere. There's podcasts, um, iTunes or, you know, any, um, you know, any apps that you have or Spotify or SoundCloud or YouTube even. Um, and then uh, also, of course, if you want to go back to the archives of my show, what, what I do, <clears throat> there's a really fun game, Julie, that I've uh, actually put on my on positivehead.com. And I call it the game with the, the universe, YO universe. And so I have people go and choose the first number one to at this point around 950 first number that pops in your head without thinking of it don't choose your favorite number what's the first one that comes to your head and then i have them type it in a box and i say this is your higher self knows every episode i've ever done what i said what you most need to hear at this point in your journey that will you know help you along and so it's a game you know you can go play the game with the universe on um on positivehead.com and then the most recent is uh optimistic.tv and that's spelled like mystical m-y-s-t-i-c and that's where <clears throat> excuse me that's where you can find all the information about the new you know late night style talk show that i begin filming next week um, right so. how exciting how exciting okay so in a sentence or two, tell us what you hope to accomplish with your efforts to help people explore their own spirituality. What, you know, that's a, that's your, such what's, a good your, question. what's your elevator speech answer to that question? Yeah. I, I, you know, what I say to that is um, it's, it's really a selfish, I have selfish reasons and I call it the good kind of selfish. Once you understand and you begin to understand that everywhere you go, you're there waiting for yourself. You're the only one in the room. And you, you know, that is truly when you're coming into mastery, when you understand everyone that bumps up against you is an extension of you in some way, shape or form that you have the opportunity to grow from and to help grow with. And so my aim is to help um, elevate the consciousness and elevate the vibration of others why? Because there are no others. And everything that I put out comes back to me that the true as entrepreneurs, we all know we know about ROI, right? Um, return on investment. Well, the true ROI that matters is ripple of impact. And uh, that's truly what I'm seeking to do is have the biggest ripple of impact I can so that I can help as many other me's as possible to have the greatest and grandest experience in their life that is possible for themselves. Very well said, my friend. Very well said. All right, everybody. So Positive Head Podcast, Brandon Beecham, like the beach in an um, the beach um, I like that, I like that Brandon. And uh, everybody will be back next week. I'll be back next week. We'll be uh, taping a live show and be taking callers from anybody that wants to call in and wants to wants me to help them answer life's unanswerable questions that are going on in their world. So that'll be fun. Check out my angelic attendant training. Follow me on Instagram, Ask Julie Ryan, Facebook, Ask Julie Ryan. Tell your family and friends about the podcast, about Ask Julie Ryan's podcast, and also about Brandon's Positive Head podcast. And until next week, everybody, happy 4th of July. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. Bye now. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com.
This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.